You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. I'm Johnny Christ, and this is Drinks with Johnny. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Hope everyone is safe and healthy out there. And I hope you're coming here to the podcast to check out something that's not talking about the coronavirus. Uh, We have an episode here for you with Dewey Halpas. He's a little bit of a blast from my past. Uh, He used to be in a band called Anatomy of the Ghost that we uh, toured with back in the Warped Tour days, and as well as Portugal the Man. Uh, he now has a podcast called Peer Pleasure, and it's a really rad listen. You should go check that one out if you haven't already. And uh, yeah, we just had a great chat. I've been on his show. He reciprocated and came on my show. And we chatted via Skype, uh, or FaceTime rather, uh, back in ugh, January sometime, I want to say. <laughs> I honestly don't remember. But it was a lot of fun. I know we had a good chat. He did it from his car, which he does all of his pack podcasting from we got into how he podcast a few other stories of uh when we used to tour together and some uh candid guests that he's had on his show um so yeah i mean that was that's pretty much the spiel of it um i hope you guys enjoy this episode um and also head over to the drinks with johnny youtube channel where you can actually visually see this one as well Um, So I guess that's pretty much it for this intro, and uh, without further ado, I bring you Dewey Helpus. Hello everybody, I am Johnny Christ, and this is Drinks with Johnny. Today I am joined by Dewey Helpus, formerly of Anatomy of a Ghost and Portugal the Man, now podcast host master of Pure Pleasure. How are you doing today, man? I'm great, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for doing the show. Oh, you bet. I see that you're in your uh, usual uh, area where you like to do uh, conduct your podcast in your car, right? Yep. Yes. <laughs> I'm in my Lambo today. Yeah, uh, nice. You got the top down or what? I, yeah, I got the sunroof uh, closed because it's currently raining. Sunroof so, on a Lambo? I, I don't think I've seen that Lambo. I, <laughs> I, I don't recall that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's custom. Okay, cool, man. I, you, you must be rolling in the dough on that, on that pure pleasure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Making millions. millions. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've been uh, listening to the podcast pretty much since uh, I was on yours, actually, not too long ago. I uh, We did a phoner, and you and I uh, had a nice little chat. Um, great podcast you got. It's over at the Jabberjaw Network, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I've been listening to that, and you know, uh, you've got some great guests and some great conversations on there. I'm about, I'm just about finished with the Fat Mike one, the infamous Fat Mike 
episode. Uh, that, to say the least, is a very interesting conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's a good one. Yeah. So you you so for those who haven't uh, seen or heard this episode yet or anything about it, why don't you tell us real quick a little just a little brief thing so they could go check it out? Uh, it was a I've been trying to get him on the show for a year and a half, and finally got in an agreement from Vanessa at Fat um, that hey you might be able to do this on a. It was like a Thursday or something. Uh, but be prepared for him not to answer and not to not to reschedule. And I was like, okay, that's weird. And called him up. It was a really he, he was taking a shit and told me to call him back. So I almost didn't call him back. I was like, this is fucked up. It'd be awful. And I manned up again and called him back. And it was uh, it was interesting. It started really weird, which most conversations with Mike do. And then. Uh, we got into it and it was it was a lot of fun and but then he got I got cut off because he had another interview from Canada or something that's been trying for a while mm-hmm. and he texted me afterwards and was like hey man just fly down to my house on Tuesday and we'll do we'll finish this thing I'm yeah like, okay so long story short I flew down to to Sherman Oaks and hung out in the pool in latex and did an interview in a pool <laughs> with, with mics in the pool it was yeah. and no and when you listen to the to the episode too you got a lot of uh it's really insightful, to be honest. I hadn't heard uh, Mike in any other interviews or conversations talk the way that he did in that particular podcast, other than, you know, if you had the pleasure of ever meeting him before, you know, he might open up a little bit like that, but maybe not even that much, you know? Uh, I think you uh, struck a nerve with them when you were, uh, you know, showing your musical insight to it and, you know, just listened to the Koki the Clown record that really touched you and... You know, he just kind of opened up to you a little bit there, and I think it was really, really interesting and and fun listen for me. Well, that's great. I'm glad. I'm a lot of people are really enjoying that episode and kind of surprised at what was in there, and I was too, to be honest. I mean, I, I was baking in the sun for one, and kind of and and just kind of taking it in that I was in Fat Mike's pool after only meeting him, you know, that afternoon and on the phone. It's just so weird where this whole thing can take you with podcast. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's that, weird. It's super cool. I mean, I just I'm I'm just now starting my second season um, of the Dreams with Johnny podcast, and I'm learning. The fun part about it is, it's this these conversations. A lot of people are like, "Oh, you're just doing interviews." It's like, no, I'm having a conversation with somebody like you and I right now. It's just it, we're riffing off each other. We're just sitting here having a getting to know each other uh, via Skype, you know. <laughs> and, and it's yeah. uh, it's just a fun, you know, interesting way to uh, to get to know somebody and put it out there and. Uh, I'm enjoying it. It seems like you are still enjoying it as well. How many episodes are you into now? Dude, I don't know. Uh, when does this come out, do you think? What? This episode? Yeah, probably. Fuck, man. Uh, maybe mid-March. Okay, perfect. So in February, which people have already heard then, uh, I'm actually releasing five uh, episodes a week for the first two weeks because I have that many backlogs. Whoa, five episodes uh, a week. So like one a day you're going to be doing or what? One a day, yeah. And, cool. um it's kind of ambitious, I guess, but it's going to be, I need to get through that, get them out because they become more and more irrelevant as time goes on and uh, doing one a week. And I just got in the mode of doing so many. So, uh, by the time that's over mid February, I think 130 episodes. Damn. That's great. That's great. Um, so touched upon it a little bit earlier. You used to be in a band called anatomy of the, uh, anatomy of the ghost. And that's, uh, where you and I first crossed paths. Correct. Yes. 
on Warp Tour back in the day Warped when we were on uh, the Kevin Says and Volcom stage and those two small shitty little stages thrown way off to the side on the Warp Tour events. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, tell a little people, uh, tell some of the people who might not know how you came into that band, what that band was all about, um, and okay. your experiences on Warp Tour, basically. Man, it was a whirlwind. Like it, we we started Nick and Joe Simon. Uh, were the guitar player and drummer, the other guitar player and drummer in Anatomy. I played guitar, um, and then John Gorley uh, sang, and Zach uh, Carruthers on bass. Anyways, we had started playing when we were 13 back in Alaska, and so we all we wanted to do was tour. Like We wanted to be like Green Day and, and just tour. So by the time we turned 18, we were able to move, move somewhere. We decided to move to Portland because it was uh, cheaper than Seattle at the time, and we had friends here that would let us stay with them until we got to play. Anyway, so we just practiced all the time, playing, writing, our whole style of music changed. We were just a straight-up punk band back in Alaska, and got exposed to everything else when we moved down here um, at the drive-in, like Thursday, bands like that. And uh, the style changed, and we ended up signing to Rise Records um, here in Portland. And before the record even came out, we got bought out by Fearless, which was crazy. I don't know how that all worked. I yeah. still don't. Um but we recorded the record with Chris Crummett, who's a pretty big producer now. It was one of his first records he did. I think he made a thousand bucks to do it. Um, and yeah, so anyway, started touring, uh, got on with Fearless, and and somehow I think Fearless got us on Warp Tour, and that was that was what was crazy was was at that point, and you probably remember this too, mm. pulling into Warp Tour for the first time backstage when you've never been backstage to any show ever. <laughs> and you start driving through, it, it looks like a, a, a rap video almost, or like a uh, any any of those early 2000s punk video, like a messed video or something. And like people are sitting on top of their car. Uh, Tim Armstrong was sitting on a vehicle with like two girls. And we're just <laughs> driving in like the zoo and looking like, okay, there's one of my heroes. There's another one. Oh, almost hit that one. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. So we had no idea what to, what to make of it. You know, it was, it was insane. So getting over that pretty pretty quick um and just how hot it was and and just i mean warp tour is kind of miserable if you're in a van oh um, yeah yeah the van, i mean you're out in the middle you're out in the middle of the country in the dead of yeah. summer and you know there's no there's no ocean breeze from anything <laughs> you know it's <laughs> i mean it's it's fucking hotter than hot in the middle of america during the summer months and when you're in one of those econo vans probably got it used you know it's got mm-hmm. you know a couple hundred thousand miles on it already and pretty yeah. pretty janky and you're just throwing it together every day yeah. and you're not getting ac the only ac you're getting is if you're lucky the catering is actually indoors that day for some reason um, yeah and then you just hang out and catering all day <laughs> it's brutal you have to get to it it set me up for working construction that i do now because you got to get to the porta potty early before it gets fucked up oh and, yeah. and you also uh <laughs> you guys were in a van too i think at that time oh, i'm not yeah. sure do you us on that tour no uh we did uh two or three warp tours before we had a bus on a van um that we just drove ourselves around which uh, if you can remember doing that too, that's another that's another beast in itself. You you you're there all day. Um, nighttime comes. You want to hang out with everybody, as you mentioned. You know, a lot of your heroes are out there. It's your first time on a big tour, and every and the Warp Tour community is great. You know, it doesn't matter if you're one of the bands on Kevin Says stage or you know one of the perennial uh, 
main stage bands are there. Everyone's hanging out at the barbecues, uh, at you know behind after after everyone's left. So you're not leaving until about midnight. You got to be you got to go another you know three to five hundred miles sometimes, depending on where Kevin wanted to go to the next show. He yeah. doesn't care. He's on a bus. He's got a driver. But you, you know you're one of the lowly bands. You got to hump your gear all the way there. You show up just about you know nine or ten o'clock in the morning waiting to see what time you're going to go on stage and which stage it is sometimes. you got to hump and find out where the fuck you're going to go. Sometimes you're the first one on the, on the smallest stage and you got to get your gear all the way over there, set up like, and try and get on on time, you know. And uh, yeah. Those were the college years, I say that. I, I didn't actually go to college, so those were my college years. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I did the whole, like, uh, I used to get made fun of for this in the band because they were all, you know, trying just trying to play it cool, you know. And I tried to befriend everyone I could with a bus so I could hang out in the air conditioning. So you were the smart and, one. Well, yeah. Well, I guess now. And that has helped so much in this podcast because a lot of those friends I made on that tour, I've have talked to on the show or connecting with other people where uh now the guys in portugal still are hitting me up like how the hell did you get so-and-so on your show and i was like uh do you remember warp tour yeah. when i was fanboying <laughs> <laughs> well i guess that worked out it's yeah like, yeah i'm glad you brought that up too so then uh you're in anatomy of the boat uh, anatomy of the ghost for a while and and uh what happens there before you get into Portugal? What, what's the transition there? That was weird. Like, we were on a tour. We were in Florida, in Miami, and they just kind of decided, a couple of them wanted to just go home and get regular jobs. We're tired of touring and being poor all the time. Uh, and then John and Zach wanted to start Portugal the Man, which was going to be an electric, electronic side project kind of deal. And I was like, man, that's really not my style. And I was kind of pissed because, like, man, the whole band's just, oh, we had a uh, major label little bidding war going on. And our management at the time, I don't think, understood uh, the difference between breaking up and going on hiatus. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we broke up, breached contract. And so, yeah, wow. then Fearless ended up putting out Portugal's record and they kind of took over our debt. And uh, I started a band called The Burning Room, which was just a straight up, just a metallic kind of hardcore band. Okay. Uh, and we did one record on a label called Media Scare out of Hollywood there. And, um, yeah, did a lot of touring on that, and then that's when I ended up jumping into Portugal, uh, kind of a sidestep into that. Yeah, so a lot of people probably, I mean, what year is this around, do you remember? 2004 is when uh, we broke up and I started The Burning Room in 2000, 2005, I believe, is when I jumped into Portugal. Okay, so I mean, uh, and how long were you with Portugal then, from like, 2005 till? About two and a half years, I think. Okay. Yeah, um, and like, then. The, the, so there's like getting into 2008, you know, you're probably starting to get Portugal starting to get a little bit of a buzz at this point, probably. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. And then uh-huh. I don't know about everywhere, but uh, definitely on the coastal cities, definitely the radio stations around here was more like two, three years removed since they had like the biggest song of the summer here on the on the coastal stuff, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I mean, do do you feel like you kind of missed the, you got out a little too early? <laughs> I- yeah, the joke is like with the Beatles. Uh, it, it, that's the, been the joke. It's yeah, I was the 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 drummer that quit the Beatles before Ringo came in. And, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's I was But I'm also seeing how busy those guys are, and you can attest to this because I mean, uh, you're not in a small band either. So I mean, your schedule and the I mean the amount of press they do, the amount of travel they're doing, as fun as it is, it, it is grueling. Oh yeah. Like, ruling to to fly 
to Europe and then have six hours of press to do when you land. I mean, things like that are insane. And it's, then the yeah. pressure having a, a, a staff. And, you know, do you guys have do you guys have one bus or a band crew bus or do you guys have separate? It depends on where we're at. Um, we usually I mean, at this point, we the band is usually separate from the from the crew at this point. OK, the last I mean, the last U.S. tour, I can't tell you how many buses we had. I, I would have to count and I'd have to ask my tour manager, to be honest. Yeah. We're, we're I mean, rolling in a, in a lot of buses and a lot of trucks now. I mean, we're, yeah. we're going in and out of uh, out of arenas and and, you know, like. We've gotten to a point where we have, everyone has families, so if we're out for a long period of time, we like to get our own buses, and mm-hmm. you know, like we'll probably roll with five band buses, and you know, our our close our our assistants and management and stuff will ride with whoever of those, and then main crew and stuff are in at least two other buses. I think we got we got anywhere from. 30 to 40 people out with us, just crew at this point. Mm -hmm. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now at Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts. that's the that's the thing that pressure of knowing if you woke up tomorrow and didn't want to do this anymore those people would be you know a lot of those people would be out of a job i mean that having that pressure too is also something that you know is different than what we were used to you know and yeah uh, uh you're starting to make me think about it. i never think about that now <laughs> now i feel like oh there is fucking pressure ah shit yeah, <laughs> I'm sitting here just having a fun fun time doing a fucking podcast and now i gotta think about this shit thanks a lot dewey you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> now over here. No, and so I'm home every night with my kids and and uh, you know doing my thing and and still able to do the podcast and stuff and talk to people and and uh, still feel connected. But I don't have to put in the 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 windshield time. You know, like I don't have to to be out there uh, doing it. Like, I, and I loved it when I did it. But when I got out, I was I was done. Like I was ready to. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's. I mean, that's cool that you. Acknowledge that, and and I, you, you've said before um, that this podcast is really a way that uh, has you know you didn't necessarily miss the touring life, but you miss that camaraderie of tour and talking to other people, and getting to know other people um, yeah. behind the stages and everything like that. Um, so I think that's a really cool, and it, and it, you, it comes across when you're doing stuff, and I, I think that's uh, kind of therapeutic for you. But then also, I heard your dad used to be in radio, right, in Alaska. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He had a radio show. It was it was volunteer because he ran a grocery store on the island and would Thursday nights would go in record his show for Friday afternoons called the Big John Show. And uh, yeah, I used to go with him and try to stay quiet while I watched him do it, and I couldn't. I had to go into this other room, and uh, it was just full of records and a record player, and I would just listen to records when I couldn't keep quiet in the in the room when he was recording. So that's where I got into a lot of like 
pop music. There's a lot of pop music on the island there. So Wilson Phillips and like, you know, stuff like yeah. that, like the real shit. And, uh, yeah. So. And what island is, what island is this that you guys were going to? Petersburg. Sorry, Petersburg. Okay. And that's yeah. where you guys, that's where you were born and raised. I was born in Longview, Washington, but I moved okay. there when I was months old. Okay. So. Gotcha. Technically not in Alaska. <laughs> is it is it Russia then? Is, is that what it is? <laughs> I mean, you could see it from there, right? Some shit. That's yeah, what, yeah. Sarah Palin was our mayor and our our PTA president and all that stuff when we were there. So, yeah, she's an interesting person. Oh yeah, but, uh, yeah. So you've, yeah, you've met have, her? Have you have you have you had her on the podcast yet? No, I probably should. You really uh, should. But, uh, I don't know yeah. that I, I don't think the relevancy is is there anymore. I mean, like that news is like from like ten years ago now. I think at this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, she's we we could get into a conversation. I'm sure uh, that's oh, the yeah. thing. That uh, yeah, we had to peti- petition her to um, build a skate park because they were the cops were getting so pissed that we were skating the banks and everything else. And we told her like we have bands, like we can play shows if we can raise half the money. We front the rest. And she said yes, and then we did it, and she stuck to it, and that skate park is still there. Oh, that's and awesome! It's badass, but yeah, she stuck to her word on that. So, so kudos to her for that. But that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's about all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, now you're in Portland. Yeah. Right? All right. Cool. Um, and how many kids you got? Three. Three kids. Uh, yeah. Age and uh, sex. I have a twenty-year-old uh, stepdaughter. And then uh, my son Grayson is eight, and my daughter Cora is six. Awesome, awesome. So you just, that's amazing. So you, you have like your, your job, your three kids, your wife, and you still have time to do the podcast. Yeah. That's yeah, incredible. due to my wife being a, a champion of taking care of the kids constantly. That's great. Yeah. So she's, yeah, she gets fried quite a bit, but uh, yeah, been able to make it work. So it's been, uh, it's been nice. Yeah. Um, again, I go back to the, to the podcasting, uh, your peer pleasure podcast. You had, uh, Jenny from bad cop, bad cop on yeah. the, on an episode, uh, back in November. Um, as it stands, I'm supposed to be having her on the show. We're here in, uh, Orange County. She, her bakery is just up the, up the street from my house and, yeah. and we're going to get together and, and, and have a drink here and do the podcast. Speaking of, you don't drink. Right? No. No alcohol. No. I mean, you, 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 you consume liquids. We know that you consume liquids. Yeah. You're a human being. But no alcohol. Was, was that, <laughs> has that always been a choice for you or uh, just never had any, any desire to, to booze it? Um, well, I did when I was younger. I got it kind of out of my system by the time I was like 23 or something like that to where I don't think – I don't think I ever, I just kind of would go till it was gone. And then as the band got bigger, it would just keep showing up. So like we would play a show and there'd be a bottle or two of something. And then we would sell the show out and there'd be two more bottles and we were done. And it was one of those things where I never felt good the next morning, next day mm-hmm. at all. And on tour, being hungover sucked. It definitely does. At home. So I was kind of like, man, this isn't really worth it to me to have, you know, a few hours of I guess uh, amped up fun versus what I would normally be doing for the next day to be shitty. So I just kind of stopped. I said, I'm kind of done with this. And, uh, that was it. I didn't do any kind of, I don't think I was ever necessarily like an alcoholic or anything, but I definitely didn't know when to stop and I would get crazy and I'm not a small person. So things get broken or people will get hurt. To oh like- man. See, that's the, see, that's the, that's the Dewey I wanted to hang out with though. 
Yeah, see, there's a lot of <laughs> I miss that, Dewey. You get drunk, and I'm like, dude, you don't want to see me get drunk. <laughs> so these days you got other liquids. What, what's your, uh, you're a coffee in the morning kind of guy, uh, soda throughout dude, the day? What, what do you got? Boring dude ever. I don't even drink coffee. Uh, I don't like the taste of coffee. Okay. I never had tried it once at a restaurant when I was a kid. I grabbed someone's drink that wasn't mine, and it scarred me to this day. But uh, I'm a Shirley Temple guy. I'll tell you that right now. All right, are you are you doing Shirley Temples from scratch, or are you just like grabbing a can of Shirley Temple? Both. I, no, no, I do. I do it. So I'll do the grenadine syrup kind, and then I'll do where you pour the cherry juice in there instead. Oh, I tell you how many bar. So back there's a bar called Sin Thirteen. I don't know if it's still around back in Houston or uh, San Antonio. <laughs> this okay. was back when that tour of ours combined. Um, and so, like I was hanging with Gerard from my chem at Sin Thirteen, which is down the road from the venue you guys were playing. Uh, he would come over and just hang out with us on that tour every once in a while. And I ordered a Shirley Temple from one of the biggest, gnarliest biker-looking bartenders. Nice. And he just looked at me and said, are you fucking serious? And I said, yeah, I am. <laughs> so he went and ate it, but he's all fucking pissed off about it or something. Like, like this fucking guy, is he kidding with me right now? And yeah, anyway. So I've been known to frequent a Shirley Temple uh, in a lot of really divey bars around the country. So I get a lot of... Do you do you ask for it in a dirty glass so it seems a little bit more manlier, you know? Dirty, yeah. No, I should, see. This is things I should have known before. Yeah. Now, well, next time you're in a dirty bar, and you want a Shirley Temper, and this guy gives you a hard look, you just just remember, oh, I'm sorry, in a dirty glass. Yeah. And then uh, then you'll 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 they'll, they'll steer away because then they'll just think you're a fucking weirdo. They'll be like, this guy wants a fucking. What do you want me to do? Spit in the glass first and then fucking make it for him? What the fuck? <laughs> But you just mentioned something there too. You just grazed upon something there. We were we were uh, on tour. You guys, you were with Anatomy at the time, and we yeah. were on tour with uh, Mike Kim. Yeah, and, and uh, we crossed paths a couple of times there. Yeah, like five nights in a row, we were in the same town in Texas or something. So, yeah, they combined. Yeah, and then uh, like you said, you were hanging out with uh, Gerard a lot a lot of the time. This was obvious. They were uh, opening up for us, and we were in clubs and theaters. So they were. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this was right before their, uh, you know, big break album had come out, um, mm -hmm. months before, I think at the end of that tour is they released that record that, uh, uh I'm trying to blank on the on the fucking title Sweet of it. Sweet Revenge. Sweet Revenge. That's right. Yeah. And those songs just blew up everywhere. And then like, boom, overnight they were opening for us and then they were just like taking off and it was, it was great to see a bunch of great dudes. It couldn't happen to oh, a, a better group, group of guys. Yeah, um, but yeah. So, why don't you share some of your experiences uh, with those guys? Oh man, we played. I think the reason we knew each other already is we played this. We were getting thrown on shit all the time. Uh, this was like a none of us are vegetarian or anything like that. But we got thrown on this pita show in California somewhere with my cam, the used Goldfinger, and Stun. Okay. And so oh, that's I remember where Stun. Yeah. That's where we met uh, Gerard and, and uh, uh, Frank and all those guys. And, um, yeah, so we just kind of just would see each other randomly in towns. Like, oh, you're playing too? Or, you know. So it's something that was just, it was short-lived. Like, we didn't we didn't spend a ton of time together. But, but having, uh, seeing bands around the country that you knew or knew of was really awesome. Because it was kind of like you're in this weird sea of, stuff and you find a familiar spot or a person at a gas station or 
I remember we ran into Hymns at a gas station. It was like Christmas. We were like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, how, how are we in the same there's, spot? There's a name I haven't heard in a minute. Hymsa. Yeah. I remember yeah. they were, We didn't. I think we did a show with them like when I was just joining the band up in fucking Seattle or something like that. They were, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a great, yeah. that was a great band, man. Yeah. They're fucking awesome. And they never got their due. Like, I they know. never. They would play with huge bands and never get what they deserved. Like they were so good. I wonder what, like the, a, what are they doing now? Do you know? You, you're you're closer to the pulse than me. What the fuck? You're closer Petty to Bone. Seattle too. Yeah, <laughs> a band called Eris. Okay, and they're fucking awesome. I gotta check this uh, out. Uh, I don't know what any of the other guys are doing. He was he was like the legendary door guy at El Corazon and and the off ramp and all that. So it went through all those different names. He worked there for so long. I think it's closing now. Uh, but he's still working security there and then touring in the off time, I what guess. What was his name again? I think you, you broke up right John, as you were saying. John Pettibone. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I'll just I'll just move it over. You know, I, I put this on Pro Tools later. I'll just move it over. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll, you'll have like a nice little old school kung fu overdub of it yep. on your voice. <laughs> Fantastic. So let's get, uh, get back to uh, Jenny from Bad Cop, Bad Cop. You guys had a really yeah. rad conversation. Um and I believe, is there a record out now that you guys were discussing at the time? No, no, not that, yet. That's coming out soon, though. Um, yeah, they're the anti-flag. Yeah, and they're, they're about to do the tour. And you Have you gotten to try any of her uh, bakery goods, the cookies or cakes? No, yet? I haven't. They, they, I'm going to be coming down there eventually. I was going to come down the first week of February. That's not going to happen. But, uh, yeah, to Orange County, try out the bakery. Um, yeah, she is one of the coolest people and i had never met her before this was all set up through vanessa from fat records and we just hit it off she's awesome and we had a great conversation and yeah right here in this car yeah and uh yeah so we keep in touch and and uh yeah she's she i don't know if you've seen her cakes but it's insane like it's it's crazy yeah i i I have seen a little bit of her cakes to be honest yeah like it was uh uh after I, you know, uh, Sam, the guy who who uh, helps me get uh, guests on my show, reached out and was like, this this chick, Jenny from Bad Cop, Bad Cop, right down the street. Um, she, she's super nice. I just met her at the bakery, and she, like, already made me all these, like, rad cookies and cakes, and they're fucking delicious. So he starts showing me here on the Instagram and everything like that, all these things. And I was like, damn, like, these are really intricate cakes. You know, <laughs> like, it's pretty insane. And she's a, I mean, a great songwriter. That band's kick ass, dude. Yeah. And, and yeah, just the friendliest person. Yeah. Like, she's always smiling. It, you guys are going to have fun. I, I can't wait to see that episode. Yeah. You guys should have a quick recipe or something it, it, with the drink. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's the idea. We're going to do something along those lines. That's usually awesome. what we try and do. But uh, you mentioned you're going to try and get out to California. When you do, I am literally down the street from, uh, from, from her. So it's perfect. You you got to make sure you hit me up too, and we'll, we'll yeah. hopefully I'll be in town. Absolutely, yeah. I I try to get down there a couple times a year and do in person stuff. Oh cool. Um, yeah, so I can make you a Shirley Temple in person. I could like doctor it up and everything. <laughs> like it just be like it. I promise it would be the best Shirley Temple you ever had in your life. <laughs> Dude, that's flying down there for it, it costs yeah. like a hundred fifty bucks to fly there. It's it'd be a it would be a hundred and fifty dollar uh, uh, Shirley Temple. <laughs> I won't charge you, okay? <laughs> Dude, yeah, that's I, that's totally worth it. Yeah, I do. 
So uh, getting back to the podcast again, that's mostly what we're doing here. It's what we're talking about, you know, your peer pleasure podcast. Um, you said that uh, your inspiration for it was kind of getting to talk to other people that um, on, on the road without being on the road anymore and being at yeah. home and everything. And then, but you touched upon, uh, you know, your dad was, you know, a DJ and everything like that. And I, I heard you speak about this before. You were saying how, you know, he had a voice for it and you started to realize that you kind of sound like him because you went back and listened to some old tapes, right? Yep. Yeah. Old cassettes. Old cassettes. For, yeah. for the kids at home under the age of 20, what is a cassette? Uh, for the kids under the age of 20 or the weird hipster crowd that's still releasing uh, cassettes for the low end. Oh, no. They, uh, the, the, the hipsters know it. <laughs> yeah. Look, flip, flip your phone around and look at that cool phone case you have that looks like a cassette or the pillows they're selling. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that they're, those are, uh, yeah, little little tape rolled up in a little plastic container that goes in a tape player. Yeah. You have to rewind them. You have to fast forward them, and they degrade over time. They're awful. Yeah. <laughs> so you heard, but you heard your dad's show. I mean, you you watched it uh, often when as a kid, and firsthand, yeah. and everything. Um, he's you know killing it. He's having fun doing the DJ thing, and you know you listen back to a lot of these things. You're like, hey, I can have that voice. I you know, I'm not a DJ, but I can talk to people. I have no problem with that. But what I want to have you ever really considered? I mean, you're out in Portland. You know, is there a rock radio out there or any radio stations you would ever? consider doing a dj gig at or have you reached out I to anybody there they would i absolutely would a buddy of mine works for a uh like a it's not a college station but it's like the independent station called x-ray fm up here but he's like man you have to take all the cursing out of your show and uh, so Ooh. i would basically i was on adobe radio for a while okay. um if you've heard of that i'm not sure really what it exactly was it was weird i would send him a version of my um show cut into three pieces in an hour format which sucked because sometimes the show is two hours long and i'd have to go and break it up into three pieces send it to them and still post my regular version and then uh, so if i did something completely different um that was just at the station i would absolutely do it but if i had to take what i'm already doing and format it for radio that'd be difficult for for a lot of reasons yeah i would i I wouldn't think that i think it'd be cool though i mean i'm not you but i think it'd be cool to do that in addition you know you yeah go out there and you know, you obviously have a uh, have an affinity to music and you know talking. And it's like kind of like the perfect two things to being a DJ, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would, think that I uh, yeah. If someone could work the controls, I'd be set. Oh, dude. So yeah, we, we when I was on, uh, we had a conversation. I was on your show. We we got into a little bit of the tech of how of how you record your show versus versus mine. You're. Yours is a lot simpler than mine, which is why we got started a little bit later. <laughs> I try and do like all this fancy shit. I don't know why sometimes, but so you said you you sit in your car, and this is this is where you conduct your your podcast, mm-hmm. and you yeah. just run it off your phone, and yep. you have a Zoom, right? That you run everything into, or yeah, I have a Zoom H four and a Zoom H six, and I don't use the H six yet because I'm worried I'm going to mess it up, so I still use the H four or H four N. Okay. And yeah. how do you get it off your phone, though? Like, that, that was oh, the question I had. I run my phone with the... So I've got the, the newer iPhone, I guess, with the lightning cord or whatever. Uh, that runs into an auxiliary um, uh, auxiliary cable into a quarter inch into my H4N. Uh, and then my mic runs in. So basically, it, 
whatever you're hearing on my phone is, is playing into its own channel on the H4N. My microphone XLR is into channel one. And then so the guest hears me talking into the phone on my lap, like I'm on speaker almost. Um, and then the, the recorder records me through my microphone. Okay. So, That's yeah. kind of similar. It's kind of similar to what I'm running right now. That's cool. Well, so is that how you've like always done it? You said you're like, you know, currently going to be at like 130 episodes or something like that. Have you always ran it the same or have you ran into issues when you're doing the podcast and you have to like fucking, how many times have you fucked up a podcast if you have it all where you're like, oh shit, I got to go back and redo that with that guy I or, have or never girl. Had, I've never had to do that. Um, I'm lucky enough. Uh, I think we talked about it maybe on our website. I think we did. My cousin uh, works with the FBI. He's a he's a uh, audio forensics engineer, oh, yeah. so he'll decode uh, voicemails and shit or like weird. And anyway, Ian Mackay is when I first got like the. I used to record it into my laptop when I first started because I didn't know how to use the other stuff. Uh, then Mike Carrera got me into doing it this other way that he did it, which is how he still does it, I think, mm-hmm. uh, which I just described. And that, uh, I got the H4N off some crackheads off Craigslist for super cheap. <laughs> out with YouTube videos. And then uh, my next episode was Ian Mackay, and I had basically doubled myself. I had too old of a version of an iPhone, so it, would, it recorded me through my phone and the H4N, so my voice was doubled like a robot, but Ian sounded fine. So okay. I, my cousin's like, dude, I can't redo this interview. Like, the, I, I spent six months prepping and, and uh, getting this together. And uh, he was able to clean it up enough so it's listenable, but you'll still hear me sound kind of like a robot. Okay, and that, that's still up there on the Peer, peer Pleasure uh, oh, yeah. Archive. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the funny one, uh, I think I mentioned it in the intro, too. Like, sorry, guys. Like, this is really bad. <laughs> that's right. that's great. So what are some... Uh, I haven't gone through the entire ar- archive yet. I, uh, you, know, um, you know, 100 episodes is quite a few to get through. Um but uh, what were some of, I mean, we mentioned Fat Mike and Jenny um, and Ian here so far. Uh, what are some of your other favorite uh, podcasts you've done? Like, who are some, like, for various reasons? I mean, who, who are some interesting people? Who are some episodes that we should be uh, checking out that you're uh, most proud of? Okay. Uh, Rachel Midori was, uh, the first time she was on was in person in Orange County there. We were at this podcast movement thing. She was a former porn star. She's, she lives in New York now. Um, does like the microdosing LSD for her disassociative disorder. Oh. That's what I didn't know I'd get into with this show is the amount of mental health and dark shit that comes out when you're talking to someone for a long time. And, and um, anyways, we touched on a lot of that stuff. That was a really heavy episode uh, where Mike Maori from Jabberjaw was, came into the room for a minute to grab something and ended up staying like 20 minutes and then I got out when we were done. He's like, dude, what the fuck? Like, wow. it was, it was, it was a good one. And so she's been back on the show since people were requesting her to come back. She's one of the repeat people. Um, so that's a good one. Rachel Midori, uh, Lars Fredrickson from Rancid. Awesome. That episode, uh, talking about him being 11 years old on PCP, digging his friend's eye out of his head. Uh, like crazy shit. It's all, it's, there's a lot of, a lot of, stuff. uh, and that's yeah. what we do it for is the crazy shit. <laughs> going to juvenile hall for using a piece of train track, toy train track to dig his friend's eye out because he was fucking with him. Fuck. Uh, yeah, it's nuts. So like, and then talking to your heroes. I mean, yeah. uh, 
Heath Morris, that was a fucking weird one. He just went off, but I just let him talk for the whole time almost. Um, Mike Watt from the Minutemen, Dennis from Refused. Um, uh, yeah, so it kind of depends on the reason. Like, there's some, some ones that went really dark, like Rachel, and then there's some really fun ones. Um, you know, I've had a couple comedians on, like Josh Johnson and, and uh, Emily Heller and Kurt Braunauer. And, um, yeah, Dana Gould, that one was fucking awesome and, and really fun. Yeah. So... And even that, so like talking to Dana Gould about Robin Williams because they were friends. Like, how much closer can you get than that to you know uh, get the real story on things? And yeah. how someone, you know, that, so, that must be a really interesting one. Uh, yeah, Robin Williams is a huge uh, inspiration to me for for a lot of things. Just his his energy and everything is just fucking awesome. The way he passed, tragic everything like that. So like as you said, I never got the pleasure to meet him or anything like that. So you get a friend that's you know about as close as you're gonna get right yeah yeah exactly like oh no this or all the people i've talked to that are close to kurt cobain mm-hmm. like uh addie schemmel from hole she lived with kurt cobain like uh dale crover from the melvins buzz from the melvins they've both been on the show and had kurt stories and like dude people did not understand who kurt was they still don't like he was mm-hmm. hilarious and like he wasn't like this depressed guy he was he was happy and fun but you know darkness got to him but yeah like, people don't understand like that's uh you're seeing what the world has shown you you're not seeing you know what other people have seen in in behind closed doors yeah and that's that's that that's the cool thing about the world of podcasting is hopefully uh people are getting to see who the real person is behind all that you know it's it's in a comfortable setting for for me i enjoy talking to people and and even letting more stuff out about myself even through my own podcast or doing other people's podcasts because it's just it just you just be yourself it's a conversation i'm not sitting here getting grilled by a journalist or something like that and i have to be like on my game like oh i hope i don't say anything that's gonna piss the rest of the guys off or or piss off our fans and stuff it's like nah i'm just gonna i'm just gonna kind of chill fucking have a conversation (laughs) yeah it's fun it's funny it's like jamming you know but not everyone can play music on a level where you can just get in a room and jam with somebody. Kind of similar to this, but a lot more people, I think, can do this, you know, where it's just kind of a natural thing. And, and that's why I stopped the prep for, for episode. Like, that's kind of my challenge now after 100 some episodes is like, I'm just going to go into this and, and talk to whoever just straight up, no notes, nothing, you know, and that's. Did you used to take notes, though? Like, I did. Yeah. I used to take two, three pages and I never used them. So I was just wasting time. I, <laughs> not once did I have to use them. And it was like, okay, I am spending all this prep time. Like, of course I'll watch some stuff and, and I, I do some work, but I don't, I want to just be natural, you know, yeah. and that comes up and, and, you know, cause a lot of times with musicians, especially if you want to know what they do, get on Spotify now, you know, go yeah. with, pause the episode, go listen to the top songs on Spotify and come back and then hear about the person, you know, that's what I'm interested in. Um, obviously, a lot of people I'm interested in talking to because of what they do, because I wouldn't know them otherwise. But that's not the important part. Like it's it's showing who they are. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and that's the cool part. I still uh, uh, make notes pretty often. I'm still fairly. I'm still not fairly. I'm still very new to this. <laughs> I usually have a whiteboard and everything, and I and, you know I'll, I'll I'll reference stuff, you know, and and go back and forth. But today, you were actually. Funny enough, you're the first one that I do not have a fucking stack of notes on the screen right next to me. Where I was just like, you know what? I think I got this one. <laughs> We're just gonna fucking chat, have a chat. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. And we have 
staring at each other and like yeah oh, this so is what- great this is great this is like nice so that's the other thing about the skype thing that i've learned is, is really cool is we're literally you know if we're in a room we're kind of looking around doing all this we are literally just locked into each other this whole fucking time it's a little creepy if you think about it <laughs> you, you want to know something completely off topic that's creepy that i noticed before so at the end of the day today i was listening to lizzo like i was saying earlier for just for just to be fun like a guy my size on a construction site blaring lizzo that's fantastic definitely get some looks but that's no a, one said anything about it no that's a fantastic picture you just paint, painted by the way but i was listening to a podcast with ronda rousey right before that mm. I thought I was listening to the same damn person. How have you noticed? I don't know if you've noticed how much Ronda Rousey sounds like Lizzo. I have never noticed that, but now I'm, now it's on my radar. Dude, it's gonna blow your mind. If you could get Ronda Rousey to cover a Lizzo song, it'd be perfect. Dude, I actually yeah. I love the Lizzo record. Like we uh, in Avenged, we do um, every year. We you know we put out uh, each band member picks their five favorite records of the year or whatever, and. No one else but me picked Lizzo. I was like, come on, guys. You know, this is a good record. Yeah. And like, everyone else is like, nah. <laughs> I don't care. I, I think it's, you know, the first couple times I heard that uh, uh, Truth Hurt song on the radio, uh-huh. my wife's like, listen, she's all, this is, I, I get down to, I'm doing my spin class. I hear this song. You got to hear it. And I'm listening to them all. This is weird and terrible. And then yeah. I heard it a couple more times. Oh, this is pretty fucking awesome. And then I hear the rest of the record. I'm all, oh, she could sing her ass off too. And I'm yeah. like, these songs are fucking fun and good. Like they're just they're uplifting too. Like yeah, you know it's great to listen to some some deep shit too. But I'm I'm a pretty fun loving guy. Every once in a while, I just want to throw on something that just makes me feel better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I there's feel like a, that record does that. There's a playlist on Spotify called "Back That Ass Up," and I put that on at work sometimes. That is fantastic. It's it rolling. It's literally <laughs> that song. I forget who does it. The "Back That Ass Up" and then like Ludacris and. Oh my God! It gets out of control. R. Kelly's on there. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, it's it's wild. We get some looks from these these tough guys, if you will, and <laughs> they're looking at whose radio it is, and they're like, "Oh, never mind." Yeah, yeah. You're not a you're not a small guy. So that's another thing. Like when you're talking about the 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 burly looking bartenders giving you hard looks and shit about the Shirley Temple, you're not batting an eye though. I mean, you're a pretty big guy. Yeah, yeah. But that's why I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm serious. Can go ahead. <laughs> now because that's it you know what kind of construction what kind of construction are you in uh plumbing plumbing okay yeah. you went to, uh, did you, you're building a hotel right now mm-hmm. wow i gotta go yeah. I, I i hope that i one day stay in this hotel and i can tell you how pristine the plumbing is yes. uh, after i stay <laughs> <laughs> I I'll tell you, man. I was on the bottom floor and I could not hear a single flush. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Everything went down smoothly, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you can fuck up uh, Sinister Gate's room there. You guys should both stay there. You fuck up his room uh, in the night. That'd yeah. be fantastic. I just gotta fix this. Do you know what the what hotel it is? Did, did they have a uh, name on it yet? Yeah, it's called Hotel Indigo. Hotel it's, uh, Indigo. Have you seen one of those? It's a chain. But it's it like sounds a familiar. Indigo. Uh, yeah, it's right on the waterfront in Vancouver, Washington, which is directly across the river from Portland. So uh, they're building up the Vancouver side. So they're putting this fancy hotel. There's a steakhouse called uh, El Gaucho. I love um, El Gaucho. I do. Uh, I, the original is in uh, Seattle, I believe. Yeah, yeah I, I, I go to Seattle pretty often. My, my uh, father-in-law still lives in Anchorage. It's where my wife was from. 
And okay. it's a it's a perfect middle point for us to meet, and we'll go stay at Airbnb in downtown Seattle. Oh, God, yeah. was one of the first restaurants I was turned on to there. Fucking yeah. fantastic place. Oh, the first time I walked into it, I felt like, uh, that. you know, are you very familiar with the, the mask with Jim Carrey? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, the, the ballroom when he, when he like walks in there, I was like, oh my god, I'm in the fucking mask scene because it's just all like 40s out and everything. Like there's a guy playing yeah. piano, it's all dark. There, there's a stage that no one's ever on, but like it's over there. <laughs> yeah. It's just like this fantastic. And then, and then you have a great martini or, or a Shirley Temper and, and a steak. And yeah. you know these steaks are fucking phenomenal. Um, yeah. El Gacho. So they're putting one over there. In the bottom floor. It's an El Gaucho, and then, uh, yeah, the hotel on top, and then uh, a condo right next, same building. So half it's condos, half it's the hotel with this big atrium that goes up, and yeah, it's cool. Well, when I come out there, I'm definitely going to have to take a stop by there. Oh, Check yeah. out the plumbing and El Gacho. That's what I'm going to yeah. do. That's going to be the list next time I'm in Portland. Or, well, I, may guys- go, I may go to the strip clubs that I hear so much about. I've never been to a strip club. I can't even say it with that straight face. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, the, I love the I love the Portland strip clubs. I will say so. I, I'll probably you know th- those are those those will be. I'll add that to my stops of strip clubs. Even if yeah. I'm not staying at the Indigo, I'm gonna go. You know, my buddy Dewey was working on the uh, plumbing over there. Yeah. And I and I and I love El Gacho. So guys, we gotta go check out Indigo. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure you're subscribed and leave us a five star review. If you want to listen to this show ad free. Head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and become a premium member. You'll get to enjoy unreleased clips from your favorite guests, discounts on merchandise in our shop, and access to our private Discord server where you can chat one-on-one with Johnny Christ himself. Awesome! So stay tuned, stay thirsty, and stay filthy as fuck. Yeah, you got to stay on the Portland side, the Oregon side, because Washington. I don't think you can take the bottoms off. Ah, I don't mind. I don't mind that. I, I, it's not really. But I enjoy strip clubs. I'm not one of. <laughs> I'm not one of these guys that go sit on pervert row and just like get up real close, and I'm just like, you know, not having a drink, just literally there to to stare at gash. Like I'm not one of those guys. <laughs> like I enjoy the entertainment factor. I sit back, you have a couple of drinks. Um, you know, they'll usually have some sports on, on a TV in one corner, and then every once in a while I look up to the stage, see a talented young lady, uh, or maybe sometimes not so young, shaking her thing, you know, and there's, uh. it's just nice to look at, you know. Um, and I go with my wife all the time. She comes out of strip clubs with me. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, a, lot of, there's a, yeah there's a lot of, like, stigmas about it, about being like this horrible thing, and it doesn't have to be. It's just, it's, yep. it's an amusement park for adults. You sit there and you, you, you have a good time. It's, I could either do, I could either have a couple of drinks at uh, a normal bar or sports bar and just sit and chat with a bunch of dudes. Or I could also have some titties hanging out right next to me. You know, <laughs> like I'm going to go where there's titties. I don't know guys. It would call me crazy. <laughs> I love that. That's, I love that. That's the, the hand motion you did for that a little far apart, but yeah. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> It depends on what part of the world you're in, you know? (laughs) I don't discriminate on my boobs, Dewey. I do not discriminate on boobs, okay? Have you been to the Acropolis in Portland? Strip club? Uh, uh, If I have, I've been kicked out of it because I don't remember. Okay. (laughs) Are you a salad bar guy? If you're in a strip club, will you do the salad bar? Oh, man. I'm usually not a food guy. I mean, I will, but uh, I'm not usually a food guy. Is this one good? 
Oh yeah, it's great. The guy owns a little ranch, and this is like his his pet project. Like, uh, so he brings his own meat in and stuff from his his uh, place. So it's it's good. But uh, we would go in there on lunch uh, when we were working at a venue. I was working at a venue in town in between tours, and we would go on lunch break and go get the steak special. And you get a steak and baked potato for four bucks. And nice. Uh, so we did that. Deal. Like the day shift people. So it's just like, oh, like we never really even looked. And then one day we walked in and it looked like a fucking Motorhead video. It was insane. Chicks everywhere. Like it was and amazing chicks everywhere. And we're like, what the fuck is going on? It's like noon on a Tuesday. And we asked one of the girls, like, what, what's happening here? Like, oh, well, the weekend uh, girls have to work one weekday shift a month. And so we decided to do it all together. That's incredible. That's the day to and go. It was a fucking free for all. It was insane, <laughs> and it never happened again, of course. But that was uh, one. It of was the a mirage. You're lying to me, Dewey. I'm gonna be oh, on the on good. the constant search of this fucking daytime, fucking strip club. You fucked it me for good. life. You fucked me for life. Because now that's all I'm gonna be thinking about. I want a fucking <laughs> steak at noon, and I want the weekend crowd all there while all the fucking chumps are at work. <laughs> Dude, we can make that shit happen. All right, all right. Well, when I'm in we'll Portland now. We'll see if it's sevenfold's filming a video tomorrow at the Acropolis at noon, <laughs> and up, and it won't be happening. But we won't say anything about it. No, no, no. we just we'll we'll set up like some GoPros to make it look like yeah, that's how we film videos these days. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fucking uh, record labels aren't uh, aren't aren't shelling out the catch like they used to for music videos. So you know this is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, yeah, on the cheap in Portland. At the- <laughs> This is a great idea. I think I think we should make this happen. You can easily do it. Just do it. <laughs> Put it up there and just see what happens. You guys have that at your fingertips now where you can just say, you could get on the Facebook and just to fuck with everyone else. And Did say, you hey, just you call it the forward. Facebook? The Facebook. You the called Facebook. it the Facebook. I call it the Facebook and I call it the Instagram. I do it. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you, dude? I got to be older than you. You're 37? Yeah. Man. Tour does something to you because I mean you've been home for a little longer. You're looking a lot better than me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if I'm not in the sun all the time. I got rain up here. It's what keeps oh, your skin. That's right. That's right. Got that good. northern skin. Good gene. Yeah, it's all the El Gaucho I've been having. <laughs> Fantastic. All, all the lotion from the stripper titties would rub on my face all the time. Dude, just, uh, yeah, that's the fountain of youth right there. Yeah, lotion from the tit. Yeah, yeah. Then you come out smelling like six different kinds of perfume. <laughs> it's like when you were a kid and went in with the soda, then put the all suicide. the suicide. Suicide. Yeah. God damn, that's it. That's it right there. That's the. <laughs> it's a suicide in your kid, and it's a suicide for your marriage if you try to sneak over there and go home. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, no, that's what. That's what. See, you don't drink, so that's what we'll do. We'll go to. The, we'll go to the. We'll go to the club, and we have to do a suicide of both kinds. <laughs> yes, and that that'll be that'll be our game for the day. Absolutely, <laughs> I would love that very much. <laughs> That'd be fucking. I, I'm down. I'm down. Cool. Oh, and and when you come down uh, to Orange County, I'll take you to the one local uh, strip club that we have here in Huntington Beach. It's actually in Garden Grove, which is one of the neighboring cities, because uh, uh-huh. they don't allow them in Huntington Beach for whatever reason, and. Uh, this one actually has fantastic sushi rolls. Interesting. And okay. some very, uh, very nice, fun people living there and uh, hanging out. And it's actually, 
It is literally a 200-yard walk to the house I grew up in. Is actually right next to the strip club off of Garden Grove Boulevard. Nice. So I'll, I'll take you there when you're down here. Yes, we'll do that. Great. So uh, last couple of days, I wanted to, I want, I just curious, wanted to ask you about your, uh, you're on the Jabberjaw Podcasting Network, right? Yeah. And uh, I, you and I kind of uh, reconnected from years ago through uh, Blasco, um, mm-hmm. who's uh, good friends with uh, Mike uh, uh, over at uh, uh, Jabberjaw, right? Yeah, yeah. How are you liking that? Like, is that? I'm not on a network. See, I'm I'm doing all this kind of grassroots right now, and yeah. I'm just I'm out of curiosity. How are you liking being on a network, specifically Jabberjaw? Did you shop your show anywhere else, or was it always Jabberjaw? No, it was. Uh, so Matt Carter from Emory and Mike Mowry started the network, and so Matt and I were friends from tour back in the day. And Matt heard my show and liked it, and brought it to Mike. I liked it. So like episode three, I think we had a conference call and then brought it on the Jabberjaw and it's been on there ever since. So, um, it's gone through a couple different phases, but it's, it's nice to be on a network because you have people that can help you out if you need help with, uh, technical stuff, uh, show images, that kind of stuff. But my basic job is I record the show. Um, and then I'll send, uh, like, uh, my assistant Samantha will do like the, the show note stuff. Um, you start into the episode image stuff and all that. And so then the network helps by getting us, you know, um, the hosting and all that stuff. Um, dynamic ad insertion. So the ads change every week instead of being on there forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, shit like that, that I don't like to worry about. So it, that's kind of the most I go to having a crew. Um, cause I do a lot of it myself and, and the show, the actual content I do myself yeah. but then I kind of off when it's done and they handle the rest. So, it is nice for sure, but you can do it without it, no problem. That's cool. Yeah, so I'm 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 right in the neither world. I'm just uh, starting off season two, and I'm kind of deciding what I what I want to do if I if I want to continue doing this. I mean, I have fun doing it on my own. I have a couple of friends of mine that are helping me, and uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you see, uh, we're focusing more on the podcast audio side of things, and we're going to be uh, releasing things. Uh, weekly now instead of just whenever I have an episode, which I was doing yeah. before. <laughs> yeah. Kind of funny. Learn, learning the ropes. I'm like, oh, just put it out whenever. And then I look at and like, people forget, man. If you don't have a weekly episode out, like people will forget. And it's like, yeah. it's this whole new world for me. I'm like, oh, okay. I got to at least do weekly. So doing that whole thing and, and figuring out this whole podcasting thing. So appreciate uh, you letting me pick your brain as someone who's uh, sure. done it for a while and stuff. And, uh, Speaking on, um, where can uh, the viewers, listeners at home find more of Dewey Halpus and Pure Pleasure? Uh, any, literally anywhere. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. There's all these ones I've never even heard of that come up in my, like, like you get your stats, they're like in a pie chart. There's one like Podbean and like yeah. all these, I don't even know of, uh, uh, Radio Public. It's all over the place. So Pretty you much everywhere. In, everywhere yeah. you're listening to podcasts, you put in the pure pleasure, P-E-R pleasure. Yeah. Um, and it'll show, it'll show up, right? Yep. And we got yep. the cool artwork on that. Did, did you uh, did you have a hand in that artwork, or did you hand that off to somebody else? Uh, my One of my good friends, Wes, he goes by the name Wooden Cyclops on uh, the Instagram. He's like a um, uh, lowbrow artist. He just did all the tour posters for Weird Al's tour. Rad. One of his favorite people, one of his first cassettes he ever had was Weird Al, and uh, they let him do all the tour posters for every date. And then uh, 
yeah, I told him I wanted like one of his goon looking guys with headphones and peer pleasure written in the headphone strap. And he's like, that, I don't think that's going to work, but I got something else I just finished that I think you might like. And it was the pleasure skull that we used for the show. And, and uh, yeah, he's done almost all the artwork for the show. That's uh, cool. And you and yeah. you have all that up on uh, purepleasure.com, right? Purepleasurepodcast.com, another place to check out. And you have a personal Instagram you do, or is it like purepleasure? I used to, but I forgot the password and I never logged back in. So I just <laughs> that is fantastic, right yeah. there. Yeah, all right. You know, you, everyone everyone forgets the password to everything because you have to have like fucking ten million different passwords for everything. You can't use the same one twice. You can't use it in the same year. Then I like yeah. I like that you just said fuck it. I'm over it. <laughs> yeah, I, what? I'm just gonna be. This is it. I've got one. It's on my phone all the time, and if I want to post that, I will. Otherwise, uh, yeah, who knows. Who knows where it's going? <laughs> <laughs> well, fantastic, man. Uh, I appreciate you being on the show. And uh, everybody, go check out the Peer Pleasure Podcast. It's uh, pretty awesome. I was on there, too, so you can probably find that episode by the time this one's out. Um, and uh, thanks again, Dewey. And I uh, hope to see you up in Portland or down in uh, California very soon. You bet, brother. Thank you so much. All right, man. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Well, that'll just about do it for this week's episode of Drinks with Johnny. Thanks again for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, If you did, make sure you hit the subscribe button and head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and sign up for our newsletter. We have a newsletter out there that uh, is going to give you some behind-the-scenes look. Um, It comes out every Thursday. That's a Thirsty Thursdays newsletter, as well as any time we got a new episode, so it'll keep you updated. Um, Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, Drinks With Johnny, and enjoy the rest of your week. We have uh, a very awesome guest uh, for a very special 420 tonight. That's at 4 p.m. PST. That's Pacific time. Um, I'm going to be joined by uh, Jared Watson and Duddy B of the Dirty Heads. So they're going to be on live, and we're going to have some fun. Uh, I think we're we're going to partake in some uh, THC and some shenanigans. So it should be fun. If you're listening to this right now on a Monday, that's 420. Make sure you tune in to the YouTube channel, Drinks with Johnny to check that out also subscribe and hit the uh, notifications button there all these follows and subscriptions are free and it's just a great way uh, to show that you're enjoying the show and it really helps me out to get uh, it just really helps me to get more guests on the show so uh, if you're interested in seeing more guests make sure you hit the subscribe button and follow us and as always till next time cheers Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are the Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Well, hey, friends. My name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. 
So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.